0: Oh yeah, <laughs> it's Tuesday, and we're back. This is the Take Two version of the first episode.
1: I bust the windows out your car. And know it didn't make my broken heart. Don't do it, girl. I'll it's that
0: Diddy right there. It's that Diddy ad lib. Welcome back, everybody. This is She and I. I am your host, B Love. And like always, I have my very special host with me, India Marie. India Marie and B Love, the husband and wife duo you didn't know you need, but you got us, and (laughs) we are here to stay. This (laughs)
1: is the best thing to happen
0: on a Tuesday Well, since Monday Oh, It feels so good to be back Now
1: What is happening here?
0: (laughs) I'm always excited But this time I am excited for a great reason We always say we're going to have good guests And we always do have good guests But this time I have to introduce the first guest of our <laughs> women's Hit history month celebration. Hit
1: the horn. <laughs>
0: Hit you. Would you like to do the honors?
1: Yes. Um, so we came up with this idea, and the first woman that we have on this for this month, her name is Liz. Give it up for Liz one friend. time! <laughs> well. Yes, good that's friend. fine. I mean, I guess. We're, yes, we will get there. We're Damn, getting there. We're yeah. good friends. We hung out well, two weeks in a I was going to say, listen. This is bad to bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> Great. So, you know, you meet people and you just, you know, have like a connection with mm-hmm. or whatever. And I just had really good vibes about Liz. And yeah, so bitch. We haven't known each other very long. It's been less than a year. But we're going places. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listen, I think I think Liz, I think you're amazing. I think you're amazing. Now let me tell you guys my first introduction, second introduction to Liz. I was about to lie. You were about already.
2: To. You probably don't remember the first time we met. Yeah, I do. Do you remember? It? You complimented my tattoo. Yeah, I said I like your tattoo. And now then I, you said, "What else? What else?" You said, "I have a back piece." meaning you have a back piece tattoo, and you walked away. And she looked at me and goes, no, he doesn't. Oh, dude. yeah, I'd be lying. <laughs> she said he promised his granny he would never get <laughs> Damn, I did say that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay,
2: sorry, see, not- I, no, no, no. A lot of
0: people, when I first meet him to feel you out. <laughs> I introduced you into the fold to be folded up with me. And I remember your children. They were super nice because yeah. I kept apologizing to them because my kid, who's not that nice, was running <gasps> around, you guys. He had his bike, running everybody over. He's not saying excuse me, just running into people's house. he was a
2: whole one. Right. Exactly.
0: He
1: was displaying one-year-old behavior. He was on yes. 10.
0: But anyway, Sorry. I digress. The second time. If y'all didn't listen to the past Christmas episode, I told a story about how I'm never donating to the angel tree again. (laughs) Liz is the sole reason for that. You took something away from the Salvation Army, Liz. (laughs)
1: No, no, don't say
0: that. Don't say that. Don't say (laughs) that. So I told y'all that when you give too much to the angel tree, if you're not familiar, they take some of your gifts out of the angel tree bag and they distribute it around among, I'm sorry, the other angels that didn't get as much as other people. Liz brought this great idea to India, and I'll let one of y'all explain it because I'm probably not going to do it justice.
1: Well, I'll actually let Liz explain it because. I had not known you for very long. Yeah. Well, obviously. we Whatever. But I knew that I had
2: seen this on your Instagram page. So we do a couple things every year. But the Christmas thing, I've been partnering with the uh, Maplewood Social Workers for the last mm, five years, maybe. Dope. So, yeah. So they, every year... Well, in past years, what's often happened is they've given me like 10 families and Mm -hmm. then people will back out last minute and then they'll give me the families that people back out on. So the past two years I've been like, can you just give me all the families so that (laughs) on Christmas Eve, I'm not trying to find people to like sponsor families. Yes. So for the last five years, um, they get all the information together. They get the families together. They give me a list of kids, their ages, their sizes, their wants, their needs, and then I post them on Instagram, and you guys take them. And I think this past Christmas, I think it was like almost 50 families.
0: Give it up one time. Yeah.
2: It was amazing. People are really great.
0: Nah, no, thank you for doing it, too. Yeah, I mean, take somebody scary. like big to facilitate that. Because I wouldn't want to deal with all that responsibility of gifts. Because, of, listen, if Blake not getting something, and I see something good,
2: ooh, <laughs> 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 taking it out. Oh my God. Luckily, taking it they out.
1: So I was going to say the, the people who take the family. unwrapping. Wrap the gifts, which yeah. is why I mean I was up all night wrapping. Um, you were, you were the gifts that we donated, yeah, but yeah. that's also why you have a good village too, yes, because the village. people were Super grabbing dope. the families.
2: Yes, you know, so left fast. and right. It's amazing. I even think we do like next up in April, we do a baby shower for all the teen moms at Maplewood every nice. year. And I think last year, let us know. Sh- I will. I think it'll be like sixteen families. But last year, yeah, last year I posted at probably six o'clock at night, posted all the families, and they were gone by the next morning.
0: That's pretty cool. So damn people are cool. really amazing. And my yeah. mom is downstairs too. I'm sure yeah. she'll like to give to a family or two or three or four. Who knows? <laughs> Giving it to all the families. Find
1: <laughs> her up uh, <laughs> her mom right. she just Throw my mom
0: it. under the bus. I have a question too about that along yeah. those same lines. Yeah. Do they do the same thing for like prom and shit for people? Yeah, who, okay
2: totally. So Maplewood has like a prom closet. So people can donate dresses, tuxes, dress shoes, all that stuff. And then kids that can't afford to get that stuff can come in and shop and get what they need. Nice. And a well, lot of times what? people will donate, like um, like the girls will go can get can get their hair done, get their makeup done, all that stuff. Nice. Yeah. So we have an initiative okay.
0: this year, India. Yeah. We're going to give back in honor of my dad. I think my dad want to give back. So I'm going to give back more. I said that, um, I said that even before this happened, I said I'm going to start giving back yeah. more. So yeah, shit, I'm, I'm, I'm 10 toes down. I'm all it. in. Let's do
1: Listen, it. you saw those toys. <laughs> yes. We got some stuff you coming some your way <laughs> for these it. baby showers. <laughs> you awesome.
0: know, behind you yeah. too. So without further ado... We have to go I'm sorry What, what were you no, going to say I something? was, was
1: going to say Oh are you going to start the game? Yeah
0: I have to start the game Okay we'll so well, no. I'll come
1: back and, and tell why I wanted Liz We start the game episode, first Then we do, do that it.
0: Let me can I, can I get into it?
1: You know I'm not sure Of the order of this episode
0: Alright well here I go <laughs> We are about to now Get to know our guest See you night Icebreaker Get to know the best guest Yes, sir. <laughs> so, so happy. let's go ahead and get to know the like, best is- guest with the she and I icebreaker. <laughs> so, here we go for the first question. If, Liz, you could ask somebody to buy you anything right now and their answer had to be yes, what would you Ask for. Okay,
2: so you know this is hard for me because I'm not really a stuff person. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> As you're well aware, I would ask someone to buy me a house nice. in Bordeaux. In Bordeaux. And then buy you guys a house on the same street. Yes. And then buy a couple other houses on the <laughs> Just
0: keep saying yes, 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 yes.
2: So that we can just move all the people in. Say
0: yes to your mother. Yes. Everything. Yes. Oh India, gosh. I would ask you the same thing. Land. Land. Yes. What would you do with that land, India? Would you let Blake farm on it? Blake wants to be a farmer, by the way. Nobody <laughs> do that.
1: Does he know that
0: he wants to be a farmer? Y- yes,
1: he wants to be a farmer. No, I think there's a lot of things that Blake <laughs> might want to be right now. Go ahead, uh, India. You know, well, I said land, uh, more so properties. Mm. Yeah,
0: like monopoly.
1: Properties in my name that I can keep and pass off to Blake, and you yeah. know, if we have another kid, you know.
0: So last time. I answer this question (laughs) with another answer. When I say last time, we have recorded this episode twice now. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm being transparent.
1: Y'all are probably like, what's so funny? Why did I I keep laughing? I deleted
0: the last episode. I did. My computer crashed the last episode. So this is round two. But anyway, I would get the money to pay India student loans off. Uh, Lord have mercy. God knows she needs them.
2: Yeah, that's see, I'm a hustler. Way. I don't With need that, yeah.
0: too much. I can hustle up yeah. anything. But India.
1: So if we're taking a wish, it. like on, a, like on, in, in no, the same time, it's or not it's like a wish. somebody, well, okay, yeah. if somebody's, somebody's giving yes. us something at oh, the same time, go. they can give you that money, and then or vice versa, versa, they can give me the money. I can pay off the student loans, and then they can give you the properties, and we put it in both of our names. There there whatever
0: go. the case may be, you know, I'm all about giving <laughs> back Just work, to others. Work it out, right? All so, now, question number two. Liz <laughs> if you could instantly
2: changing it up.
0: <laughs> become an expert in something. Oh, God. What would it be? Oh yeah
2: uh, got of her. An expert. Okay, so I need more details. So an expert in something meaning a degree or like,
0: like you're the best at that particular craft. What would that one craft be? The best edit Nobody else can do it Like Liz Expert
2: Woo. I don't feel like This is the right answer But It's alright I think I would like Want to be like The world's best therapist Damn Nice Yeah therapy's been like So good for me mm. And I don't know I think that's what I would want to be that's, I would want to be an that's expert your therapy
0: I like that India
2: yeah. I think if I keep paying for it I'm gonna be you right <laughs> Hey
0: you might have to Get you another job <laughs> Add that to your LinkedIn page <laughs> India, I think what would you become an expert in?
1: Something fashion related. Mm.
0: No, I mean, something, I need to be more, you know, particular. Guess, what is the one thing you would become an expert in? Three you seconds. Said
1: expert stylist.
0: Give it up for you uh, one time.
1: But like, oh, it's on always the, a but. No, 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 no. I'm saying, like, um, home. Decor, okay. Interior. Oh, I like design. interior that. design. Yeah, yeah. Interior design and like oh, see, fashion. See, like I see, I see clothes it. that you wear.
0: Excuse me. Do I need to I said
2: one thing. I feel thing. like it can
1: all fall under one umbrella. All right.
2: I like it. I'll I take that. In like I'll a perfect it. world, like also, that, that's that's, very attainable, and I feel like you're probably about there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I got some work to do. You see but this that, room? Like it needs a lot goals. of design in here. No, 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 no. You know what? This, this is my room. No. All right, no. Pause, no, pause, pause, no. Pause. You
0: got to keep so moving. This, this, Liz uh, got places to go. This, this
1: multi-purpose room that we're sitting in Chill. is a Too mix between paparazzi. my photography studio, my warehouse, and the podcast studio. And I keep asking Barrett, I can decorate this room. No. Nah. But he's like, I got no, big plans. I don't want to spend the he money right
0: now. I got big plans. I don't know yes, what what, 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 are,
1: what those plans could be. Oh, he told me some of them. I
0: did. Now my turn. <laughs> uh, if I could, if I could be an expert in anything, I would be an expert R and B singer with perfect know. pitch. I cannot because I uh, listen. I'm already just about there. <laughs> <laughs> he. <laughs> Chris Brown.
1: <laughs> I wanna get the tempo.
0: I would be like, an expert R&B singer. He could sing
1: so badly. I do. And so I know I've missed, I probably mentioned this. If you're a new listener, you probably don't know this, but I feel like I mentioned this in the beginning episode. Yes, ma'am. What's that? But he was in like a singing group I'm when dead. he was in high oh, school suave. or middle school or something like that. Swab, of
0: S-U-A-B-E.
1: When he brings it up, his cl- classmates are like, mm, he couldn't really sing. Like He was just kind of like, like the extra in the group.
0: Crazy as hell. They lying. <laughs> Tell them what they really said. You ain't telling the truth no the there, truth.
1: he was there for the ladies. Come basically. on now. <laughs> I can basically then. not because he
2: could actually sing. I could sing. They were just hating. I just didn't sing. Every group lead. needs that though, because <laughs> sometimes dudes business. who can sing are not good looking. So you no, <laughs> no. You
1: look, you look back at some of those old oh, R and B groups. You like no. <laughs> that man was ugly. <laughs>
0: I did. I did other things well. I also handled the business too. You
1: know
0: I did what other mean? things The things business. Well. All right, last question. Here we go. Liz. Yes. If you're on a plane with your significant other and someone complains about you reclining your seat back on them, would you like for your significant others to get up and confront that person immediately?
2: Absolutely not. Oh, no. Really? No. You're such a nice I'm person. I'm not leaving my seat back anyway.
0: <laughs> Why not?
2: Cause I cause I know it's uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah, I know th- I mean unless the seat behind me is empty, well, then there's no one to complain. Yeah, you and I, so are, I are the same person. Yes, I would not lean my seat back, but then I also would not expect dude to
0: pop up and say it. It. nah. Mm-mm. India. We already know your rudeness is coming out. <sighs> oh. What would you what, would you expect me to do that?
1: No. I don't think I mean no I feel like I would just say something myself like <laughs> I feel like too. I don't I don't think that I would have the opportunity to sit and think about it yeah. to ask you I think it would just be like
0: if just they turn the back around and be seat. like
1: yeah can you stop it <laughs>
0: yeah. I agree um, but I'm, I'm more on the Liz train I don't let my seat back because I think it's disrespect um, I do have a what? neck pillow by the way I
1: don't What can you say that
0: disrespect <laughs> I do have a neck pillow that I um frequent on the plane. Yes. But I do not let my seat back because I do not want anybody kicking my seat and being disrespectful. Now, we have had somebody do that to us on a long flight. Remember?
1: Yeah, yeah this guy. So, it was the flight on the way back from London.
0: London Bridge is falling down.
1: And so we were in the, you know, basic bitch seats. Yeah. <laughs> we were in I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, I got to be a bitch. I'm joking. I'm joking. But we were sitting in the economy seats. Right. And so... You get
0: your own ticket to London the- next
1: time. <laughs> we bought those tickets. So we're married. <laughs> <laughs> I almost spit my apple juice out. What's yours is mine.
0: Okay. Go ahead.
1: Ours. Anyways. So, you know, there's like a wall that divides. like yes. the. Uh, I don't think... First class may have been right in front of us. It may have been uh, business class. It was business, You know, whatever. But that first economy row- Economy. Had significantly more leg room than everybody else. And that guy, he turned around and he was like, do you mind if I recline? And I was just like, (laughs) Wow. You have all this leg space and you still
2: want to recline? I'm still impressed that he asked though.
1: He did I've never did been ask. asked
2: on a plane He did he was,
0: he was a nice to. guy. He was well a nice because guy. he
1: was doing the
2: most. He was, was. old. He yeah. was
0: old. He knew it. Yes. <laughs> he <laughs> yes. knew it.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Well that's the end of the game. I just want to thank you all for participating in that wonderful game. And I can't wait to have more guests so I can play my new drop. I love it. I love it, and I hope you guys loved it too. So, without further ado, let's get into it and let me play one of the originals. Here we go. During the week, we got deep. Chill. Let's talk on the podcast. We're going for a triple dub tonight. Oh, LeBron James. So, go ahead. <laughs>
1: I know this episode has been very fun so far, but the reason why I brought Liz on is for a more serious topic. Yes, it is that she relates to really well. Liz is a white woman. Yes, yeah, you don't know say white. I'm black. <laughs> Caucasian. You can call me white, but <laughs> she's raising black kids. She Liz has got two, flavor too, and two black kids. <laughs> That are, you know, that came out of her
2: <laughs> vagina. <laughs> they like are that, my biological children.
1: <laughs> adopted kids. They are lizards I mean, School. not saying that adopted kids aren't their kids. Okay, stop. These are just her stop. biological kids.
0: <laughs> just stop.
1: Because uh, I have to rephrase it. I don't want to offend anyone.
0: Oh, uh, okay, tell you. But. Canceled culture.
1: I wanted to <laughs> <laughs> Here we
0: go. Here we go.
1: I wanted to get your perspective on what it's like. To be a white woman raising two black children, specifically a black boy and a black girl, because it's hard for black parents to raise black children.
0: Yeah. Oh, Lord (laughs) Jesus. Tell me about it.
1: (laughs) So I wanted to talk about, you know, your challenges and your thoughts and your feelings
2: around that topic. Yes. Well, when you called. I was a quick yes. I was like, yes, I want to talk about it. And then I literally woke up in the middle of the night and was like, what did I say that I would talk about? No. I'm changing my mind.
1: But she did. She was all for it. She was like, absolutely. I have so much
2: to say. And I was like, oh, awesome. This is much easier than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. No convincing necessary. Three o'clock in the morning rolls around and you're like, I was really tired when I said yes at 6 p.m. (laughs) But, but go ahead. I was gonna
0: say go ahead. No, no, no. So I like the whole idea of this topic because we always see, and to your point, I'm gonna I was gonna try to help you out. To your point, sometimes when we are out, we do sure. see um you can tell white parents who have adopted black kids, sure. but it's it's kind of cool when you meet somebody who is like I mentioned, I was I was joking, but I was also telling the truth who has your type of flavor, who is like of the culture. And who can relate to us on so many different levels? Yeah. And you also brought up two great kids because yeah. I mentioned earlier that I met them, and they were both cool as hell. Yeah. And they knew how to comb the hair. A lot of white yeah. mamas can't teach black kids how to comb their hair. Listen, but I it saw is Liz's important. kids. See, it's
2: important. Like it's, I feel like. Um, it's I mean I get that some people wouldn't understand this but I feel like it is a huge part of learning to love yourself. Bingo. Is loving your hair when you are a person of color. And so that I mean that always felt really important to me that they love their she like she didn't ever straighten her hair till she was in high school. So really? She didn't know oh, what wow. it was like to yeah, like no clue. You see what I mean? Um, and I wouldn't have let her. Yeah. yeah. I was, you know, but, um, and not, obviously, there's nothing wrong with people straightening their hair. For but, sure. Um, yeah, I think loving your hair and knowing how to take care of it is important.
0: I just noticed it right off the back. So <laughs> I guess my first thing is to open this thing going up. And I'm sorry.
1: No, I was going to say, and one of the things that I think is unique about your situation is that I have met a lot of biracial kids throughout the years. Yeah. And not all of them identified as black. Yep. A lot yeah. of them chose to not. I don't want to say pick a side, but not pick a side. Right. Know? And, you know, Like remain, Tiger Woods.
0: He's yeah. Calvon <laughs> And
1: remain <laughs> neutral. But your kids are 100%
2: confident in the fact that they are black and that's what they yeah. identify as. Jo would 100% say that she identifies as black. I think Andre. And that I think that kind of shift happened for her in like eighth grade, which is the grade that he's in now. Okay. And so I see that kind of starting to happen for him too. And I think when they were younger, I was really aware of wanting them to identify as black. Yes. Because when they go out into the world, that's how they're seen. Yes, ma'am. So it was important to me that, like I knew because I'm their primary caretaker and they would be with me all the time, that they would witness my experience in the world. Yep. And they would see how people treat me Whether it's like retail workers in the store or what happens when I get pulled over by the police or just how people interact with me in general. Um, And I thought it would be shocking if they didn't understand that their experience was probably going to be different different. um, when they just kind of got thrown into it. So it always felt really important to me that they identified as being black Right Cause when right. people see them Walking down the street Like when people see my son Walking down the street They he's That's a black man There's not some like Subcategory for biracial kids Like Yeah it's You true. know Like we live You're black or you're white And Pick yeah. one Yeah
0: Right When you fill out that paper On this Scantron When you're in school <laughs> yeah. I never saw mixed on there I saw other right? Yeah There's, yeah. there's yeah. Neither
2: other Neither one of them Would check other <laughs>
0: Okay And there was other On that Scantron They're not one Don't of the, the others Don't remember that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't remember that So yeah With that being said So what steps I I would ask, what steps did a a a white mom take to make sure that her black kids kind of felt like they were uh, they were with knew that they are black?
2: Yeah. Well, I think. uh, Well, there are parts of it that were easy for me because Mm -hmm. um, pre them. I already loved the culture. <laughs> Speak on <all> it, <the> queen! <laughs> yes, yeah, sir! Uh, I do not... <laughs> I you about to say I that. do not allow men to call me queen I knew you just were for the say record. It.
0: I knew it. I knew it.
2: Just so we're all clear, I yes, did not ma'am. ask on my form that Barrett referred to she me did. as queen. That on the same scan she
0: actually checked. do not call do me not queen.
2: Do not call me queen. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was so... They were already, like, they were already growing up listening to hip hop. Right. They were already, you know, watching TV shows that reflected what they looked like. Yes, ma'am. They were already watching movies. So that part was easy for me. Yep. um, Because it was just what I was already doing. And then um, I was really intentional about where I placed them in schools. That's right. um, Also really intentional about, I think there was, like they like the people that they see me around mm-hmm. like so they're 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 not around a lot of white people um I'm probably one of just like a handful yeah so yeah I mean they spend a lot of time my around question too so,
0: my question would be like growing up we always will I grew up there were three white kids in my class right. Gary Patterson Joanne Bozeman and Jessica I forget your last name <laughs> Uh, shout out to all three, to shout, old, out to old, all old, three shout out to all Shout out to your Joanne <laughs> But anyway uh, In certain areas In certain scenarios When you have mixed kids They find themselves In kind of a weird Dichotomy yeah. Where they're not Black enough For the black kids yeah. And they're too black For the white kids Right How was that To Kind of parent through
2: So we did experience uh, Well I wouldn't say That um I don't I don't know that either one of them have experienced not feeling black enough or not feeling white enough. I do think that there was – I don't know how to explain it. I think there was a period of time in the middle of middle school Mm. where particularly when they were placed in advanced classes. Yes. And they were suddenly in – even though they were in predominantly black schools, now they're somehow in a class that's all white in their predominantly black school. Mm. Um, I think there was just a little bit of – Feeling out of place. Yeah. But that was because they were not with With as many, but they weren't with people that looked like them. Right. So that's been challenging, um, particularly for Jaya. Okay. She has had a really hard time with that. Um, She still does. She'll text me and be like- I can't be in a room <laughs> with all these white people anymore. Um, so that has been our challenge with that. It hasn't necessarily been like not feeling black enough or not feeling white enough okay. or not feeling like you didn't fit in. But more just like a preference of preferring to For be. sure. Yeah.
0: Like these people can't relate to me because yeah. I'm the one in the room that is standing out. They're just around. I right. like that. yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I, I like. know that situation all too well, though, because yeah. I went to a school... It may have been predominantly white. However, I've just always gravitated to all of the black yeah. kids. But all of the black Orange kids mound. were in <laughs> what they call traditional classes. Sure. Right? Yeah. Those are just the you know yeah. regular classes. Yeah. And the honors classes were all white kids, basically. Yeah. I mean there were a sprinkle of black kids, yeah. but I didn't when I first started at my high school, I was just in traditional classes. Yeah. Those are all black kids. Yeah. The next year I ended up in a couple
2: of honors classes and it was a complete shit. Yeah. I hated those classes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's <laughs> it's been she that's really it's been really challenging for her because that it is. You are you're suddenly like thrown in. You're like every single white kid in this school is in this class. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Oh yeah. crap. What yeah. happened here? Did I transfer like, school? So I'm going to back up. Well, not even back up, but I'm going to mention something that you mentioned to us offline that you are from New York.
2: Yeah, I'm from upstate New York. So I was born and raised in upstate New York. Yep. Most of my family is on my dad's side, is still in upstate New York. My dad lives in the city, but everybody okay. else is upstate. Okay, yeah. See,
0: um, and the reason why I ask that is because I feel like that you being from upstate New York yeah. and coming to Tennessee um, and raising your kids in a different fashion than somebody um, that lived in Lebanon, Tennessee right. <laughs> and had black kids, I feel like they're going to, mixed kids, I'm sorry, they're going to tell their mixed kids, hey, buddy, you need to go ahead and identify with the white yeah. man versus somebody like you yeah. who grew up in New York, had that background and had that culture.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that That is probably true on some level. It's funny, because when I left... When I left last week, I was driving home. I had such a good time with you guys. Thank
0: you. I did. It
2: was so fun. <laughs> it's better when you called the next morning to be like, uh, we have to do it again. I was like, yes. Hell um, yeah.
0: Give it up one time. It
2: was so fun. <laughs> I, was so I, was like, I can't No, do not can't be embarrassed. embarrassed but <laughs> I was thinking last week when I left, this is probably going off on a tangent a little bit. But no, go for it. But about, like, I don't believe that there's any coincidences. And I think that okay. you can look back on your life and see how- even just the little things played into who you were to become and how like how your future will be affected and so i told you guys a story last week about how i think that there is a misconception that if you go north yep. or you go east like, there's no ra- racism, and everything is really diverse, and that's just not true. Nope. <laughs> so, I um, kindergarten through second grade attended an elementary school that was on an army base, yes, ma'am. So, my I was not an army brat, but I was about to ask <laughs> no, I was not. <laughs> but the majority of the kids in the school had parents who were in the armed forces, so it was extremely diverse it was black kids, white kids, Asian kids, Hispanic kids, For sure, everybody. Um, and I it was probably like second grade. Notice that certain kids were treated differently. Mm-hmm. And in my seven year old mind, <laughs> I thought that they were harsher on the kids whose parents were in the army. So that's just yeah. what I just thought. You thought. Yes. So the summer before third grade, we moved to um, another city in upstate New York. The city as a whole is extremely diverse and it's extremely segregated. Wow. So I ended up in the good school district. Okay. That- I'm sure that that was on purpose. Oh, for sure. And ended up in a school where there was a handful of black kids. I mean, you could count them on one hand, literally. And that was when I-
0: Joanne, and Jessica.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was when I noticed, oh, it's not- the, like it's not the kids in the army who are whose parents are in the army who are being treated differently. It's the black kids. Yeah. Yeah. And it is particularly the black boys. Yep. And so as I was driving home yesterday, think or last week, <laughs> thinking about that story, I was like, there was stuff happening in me at seven. Yeah. To prepare me for now.
0: That's cool. As hell. It's
2: really cool to think about it that way, and I think you know it's helpful, especially if you've had a hard life, to be able to look back and go, but everything makes sense, right? Yeah, for so. sure. For sure. Um, I don't remember the question you asked me, but I'll nah, tell you the Just story. Keep going. That I, told I like you this after. story. <laughs> yeah. it's keep,
1: keep going.
2: So, um, we I grew up in a super strict home. That's what we talked about. Yes, yeah, so we yeah, talked yeah. about this. So, grew up in a really strict Christian household. Uh, no secular music I was allowed to listen To gospel music um, But no secular music n- uh, No television We had a television But it was like Basic cable You had like five channels <laughs> yeah. um, Was not allowed to like I didn't see a movie In the movie theaters Until I was 12 Because it was demonic To go to the movie theaters I mean like Really crazy stuff Oh you can mm-hmm. tell us All so, this now oh, yeah. Go ahead get to <laughs> it <laughs> So anyway My parents divorced When I was 10 Which mm. is a sin If you didn't know <laughs> <laughs> And um, my parents divorced. My mom got a boyfriend. Shout he, out to mama. Shout out to mom. He came over to meet us and never left. <laughs> Literally came over for dinner and never left. And I think he wanted cable. Like, he, so we got cable.
0: Bingo. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this is when my life changed at 10. Um, so somehow I happened upon Yo MTV Raps. There it is. And The Quiet Storm. Quiet and- storm. <laughs> I yeah. found myself, like, in the middle of the night sneaking. We lived in, like, a three-story duplex. And okay. we had a TV in the middle floor and a TV in the basement. And I would sneak down at midnight. I p- would pretend to go to bed. I would stay awake. And I would sneak down to the basement at midnight so I could hear if someone was coming down the stairs so I could change the channel. Because you had to get up and change the channel. Yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so that I could watch you know, MTV raps,
0: That's Right on, Ed Lover <laughs> in Great yeah. India. Yo so, MTV reps. All
2: the other white girls were listening to like Debbie Gibson and New Kids on the Block. And I, <laughs> Debbie Gibson. I was listening to like Tribe Called Quest and hey, De La Soul. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know
2: what I thought about after last week? Everything. I didn't
1: grow up with cable either. Yeah. Like I didn't, I don't think, I don't remember getting cable until maybe eighth grade. And I that mean, was illegal when cable. I, yeah. like, that wasn't it even like... Cable. <laughs> like
2: that so I didn't watch a so lot of funny. that well, everyone else watched When I up. tell you, like, getting cable literally <laughs> changed, changed my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's dope, though. Like, it's, it's,
0: hey, yeah. you never know the magic of TV. It changed
2: yeah. my life. But then that affected kind of my friends. It affected sure. what I was watching on TV, all that stuff. So, right. like... I think that like all of that flows together, and for me, like I believe that God was probably doing something in my heart as a six-year-old mm-hmm. to like recognize something is not right here. Yeah, um, and then you know the trickle-down effect of that. I don't even remember the question
0: that you asked. No, I don't. Know, I don't even remember either. But that was a hell of an answer to it. Now, with that being said, you said your parents divorced. Now yes. you have your dad too. Yes. and now normally when you have somebody, I be I have a friend. Okay, and. He's married to a lovely white lady. Okay, love this couple to death. Yeah. Love them to death. Her dad, God bless, God bless his soul. He passed away, mm. but he also, in the beginning, had a problem with yes. my friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, did your dad, or even did your mom, have mm-hmm. a problem with you embracing the culture the way you did?
2: So, pops is married to a black woman. Give it up, <laughs> daddy. <down the road. laughs> Didn't have a problem. Pops did not no have, way. Pops did
0: not have a problem. The daddy told me to <laughs> no. tell you the black of the bad friend. Yes. Uh,
2: no, Scott has been happily married to a black woman for like twenty three years. So oh, I wow. think they got married when I was like sixteen. They've been married for a long time. Nice. Yes. Um, and my mom also didn't have doesn't have any issues with it. She actually regularly reminded us that she should have not married our father, <laughs> and should have married her first love, who also happened to be a black man. So Ooh, it's, it's women oh, wow. it with embedded. What'd you say? It was embedded. It in was you. embedded. There was something going on. I'm not sure. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I that is very different for me, and that I've had no family issues, right? When it came to stuff like that, that's pretty damn okay. cool too. Yeah, they, they,
0: they were accepting of that. Yeah, but
2: also, I will cut you off. Uh, like I, okay. when it comes to stuff like that, like there are some foundational things for me. Yes, that like I don't care who you are. Like if we don't, if we don't vibe, like if you we don't match up or we disagree on this thing, I, we, I just. You just aren't in my life
0: anymore. No, it's totally no, understandable. I, I feel that. Yeah, I like feel and, that. and
2: I you will cut to. a parent off. Like I don't.
0: You <laughs> but have I to protect your peace. It ain't in Yeah, and like you're
2: not gonna. I don't like. Yeah, you have to protect your piece. Well, because I've
1: seen situations where you know there's a interracial couple, and the parents of one person in yeah. the couple doesn't agree. Yes. Um, and then when the couple has children, yeah. they it changes. don't agree right. with the spouse. But now you have but some grandkids. But they love the grandbabies. See, I'm not messing around with that. <laughs> it's like, you I'm have
2: not. to love the whole package. Yes. it's <laughs> just us. and this it's not, twix. And you can't even, it, it's not even about tolerating. Yeah. Like, yeah. Y- this is not about tolerance. Like, I, yeah, I'll just, I would cut you off. Ain't nothing
0: wrong but with But I that. haven't had to do it, so. Good. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm glad you got a good family too, because then your kids can see that. Yes. Grandma, Granddad, they're happy. Mom's happy. We're happy too. Yeah, that's the biggest thing too. Making sure that the kids see a happy household. Yeah. Now, with that being said, I had another question just trigger in my head right then. As a parent, yes. What has been the hardest part of, I guess, parenting your kids right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think last week. You asked about like yep. what have been the hardest conversations. Conversations. There yeah. we go.
0: Help me out. I
2: think that the hardest conversations that I've had to have have been with Andre. Okay. Um, in finding, attempting to find, because I don't know if I found it, <laughs> the balance in how do I prepare you for how you're seen in the world and how you're treated in the world while also not instilling so much fear in you that you don't just live your life. Okay. So, you know, he's 13 and having yeah. to have conversations with him about like Tamir Rice sure. and things like that. Those A have BB been. Gun. Yeah. It's crazy. Like those have been the most <clears throat> challenging conversations. Their personalities are very different. So she's very like fiery and. Mm-hmm really like passionate about like social justice things and kind of sees things with her. She already sees them. Like we don't, we'll have a conversation about it, but she's like, I already know. Right. With him, it's a little different. And I think in some of that, it's just a difference between boys and girls. Oh, for
0: sure it is. But,
2: you know, like as we said last week, like he, I've not allowed him To play with guns like not even water guns because i just didn't want there to be like a comfort level there and so you know even and they're not away from me very often Mm -hmm. but i'm like if he's going to be away from me do i constantly have to remind him like don't play with with fake guns like don't like don't you can't have a gun in your hand like you can't yeah you know so just that constant it's just really hard to strike a balance between like how much do i share what is age appropriate also you're like a five foot eight 225 pound Thirteen-year-old, there are people that are looking at you as a threat.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I this- feel like um, oh, yeah. I was gonna say I feel like almost middle school. Yeah, is when it starts. Yeah, I mean, especially like coming out of fifth grade, and it's it's like they're no longer babies. Obviously, yeah. they're not babies in the fifth grade, but it's like their innocence. It's just as they start to look more like. Grown men, yeah. right? Yeah, their innocence is just automatically just stripped away from them, yeah. and then
2: the perception, yeah. you know, as white people see them, yeah. automatically switches. It's been so. That's been really hard because I've just. I'm like, I just want you to be a little boy forever, for sure. <laughs> because I know, like, being a man is hard. Period. Yeah. Being a man who looks like you is even harder, mm-hmm. and like. You know, as long as you can kind of like hold on to that innocence and be a little boy and not be afraid. Now we're getting to a point again, eighth grade was a turning point for both of them. I don't mm-hmm. know what that is, but he is now starting to notice, which in a way is a relief good for me yeah. because I've always been like, he thinks I'm playing with him. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not playing with <laughs> you. And he's
0: noticing why he's still in the house with you. So yes. you can yes. Yeah, you kind
2: of guide
0: him through it. Yeah.
2: I, so we were at Target a couple weeks ago. <laughs> One, we've had two Target incidents. We just need to stay away from the Target on, Go Go on to Walmart. No, we're not going to Walmart. Yeah, but. <laughs> I
0: don't blame you. We
2: need to stay. From Boy, Bridge you go to Walmart,
0: you be in line 20 days. No,
1: it's not even just the line. It's, it's, some, it's the it's lighting. Always... I like the lighting at Walmart.
0: In Walmart?
1: No. I make a good Snapchat no. video. No, Target's lighting is so much it, no. no. We're not even talking about lighting. It's just always some shit going on at, tar- at Walmart. Like his mom wanted to go to Walmart today. We walk outside of the car, or we walk outside to the car, right in front of us. I don't know the situation that had happened. I don't know the backstory. All I know is that there was this lady going off, and she had like two or three kids, and she's cussing this man out. Granted, this is a black woman, and this is a white man, and he's sitting in his car. But it was so bad, and she was cussing him out so bad and so loudly that I couldn't grasp what, what he happening? had did, or like <laughs> what the situation was for her to act like that. So then he pulls out his phone and tries to record her. Oh my god! And she starts yelling, "Perf, Perv alert, perf <laughs> alert!"
2: I'm running.
0: I'm running. That's pretty good. So
1: this
2: is why we don't go to Walmart. <laughs> okay, all right. But well, also that we can't go to Target <laughs> right. and we have to shop online. Right. Yeah,
0: just doing everything right. online right now.
1: So. Oh my gosh! You should have saw your mama. Like your oh. mama, she was trying to cover Blake's ears oh. and to. Get, I'm trying to like your get the groceries mom. in the car put the car. Like we're moving as fast as we can. This lady is literally perv alert. And so the security <laughs> guard comes walking no, out. I can't. It was a shit show. <laughs> so you can't really fool with Walmart. You can't either. go anywhere. So we can't <laughs> no. go anywhere. Is what
2: we've learned. No, right, we can't.
0: We have to stay inside.
2: <laughs> no, but back to his story. Well, yeah. So he's starting to realize some things, which is nice for sure in a way. So we were at Target a couple weeks ago. Well, the first Target incident, he didn't notice. So we were walking down the aisle at Target. We're walking in one direction. He's like on the inside of the aisle. Mm -hmm. So there's a woman walking in the other direction. And I watch her look at him, look him up and down, and then put her hand on her purse that was in the front of the cart. And I was just like, oh, here we are. (sighs) Like, we're here.
0: Trump's America. Yes,
2: exactly. So last week, the week before, whatever, we're in Target. We're checking out. We're at self-checkout. Yep. And the self-checkouts are full. There's tons of people. I'm sure Chick could have been busy doing something, the For woman sure. who like works that area. But she literally came and stood behind him. I'm talking a couple feet behind him the entire time I'm checking out. So I was aware. I shot her a couple glances like- I see you. Yeah. Um, and we're walking out and he said, she was standing behind me because <laughs> I'm black. And I was like, you're right. She was. Like, I'm glad you told him There was him no that, right. other reason for her to be doing that. You are 100% correct. That is exactly what just happened.
0: See, that's good. You didn't pacify the message. No, you told him straight not. up. I,
2: pacifying to me is so dangerous. Like, yep. Yeah. I'm constantly, we've talked about the fear in passing of raising black boys. Yeah, And so I just like, while I want to maintain that innocence and I want him to just, feel like he's safe in the world the truth is is that he's not mm-hmm. and i'm not doing him any favors by lying to him mm-hmm. and and making him think that he isn't and i think he's had some stuff happen in school this year too um that has made him just realize oh like sh- like oh you've been for real this whole time
0: yeah, yeah. like nobody's in yeah, like you're not sugarcoating it for no, him. Like, you're laying it out there flat so he yeah. can just get the whole spectrum of the yeah. story now something else you, were you about to say something
1: no, I, well, I was gonna say two things. I was like, well, it's just it's really terrifying, yeah, thinking about raising black boys, yeah. because while Blake is two, yeah, he's just very cute right now, yeah, like he's so cute to everybody. Yeah. It doesn't matter what color the person is—white, black, Hispanic, Asian, he's whatever. Just cute. He's, yeah. a he's very cute, cute. Kid. Yeah. but right. I do know that that's going to switch, yeah. As he grows older. It, ha- and it does. He, it happens for sure. Yeah. And he transforms into a man. Like yeah. that, that, like I said, their innocence is just stripped away from yeah. them.
2: So for- prematurely. Exactly. Yeah. And they, you know, have to worry about things and think about things that, one, no, gr- like, grown man should have to think about. But, like, definitely right. no little kid should have to think about. Like, there's moments. And, obviously, I think about it every day. Oh, yeah. Um, and... But there's just moments where like that fear is so heavy and it's given me such a deep respect. I don't even know if respect is like a heavy enough word. Respect, admiration admiration for black women, particularly older black women. Because I'm like, I'm feeling this over like one kid. Well, I feel it over a lot of kids, to be honest. But- right. I just think about, like, black women have been carrying this, like, fear and this heaviness in their bodies, like, their whole lives mm-hmm. for fathers, husbands, cousins, uncles, brothers. For sure. Every
1: time Barry goes out, when he's, like,
2: just so happens to be going out
1: with his yeah. friends, I'm, like, literally praying before yeah. I go to sleep. I'm like, God, please bring my husband home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and, and you you pray that for, for, your, for your husband, your brother, yeah. your dad, your son. Yeah. You should. It, so it's a lot.
2: Yeah. It, it a is prayer. a lot.
1: Yeah. But- you did mention school. Yeah. And so I want to go back there. Well, yeah, me, let
0: me pause. I, I got to tell this story. Okay. Now, Liz mentioned also something about carrying around toy guns. It may seem like, uh, you're doing a lot, but she's not. <laughs> and let me tell you how I know. So before all of this, Tamir Rice and before all of the Trayvons, yeah. I was a teenager in <laughs> high school me and my friends listened to Cash Money and we thought it was a bright idea to go buy cap guns and take the orange piece off the front. Now, we were walking down a prominent street from where I'm from, where they had uh, well basically where the uh white people live. And what gave us the right the bright idea to when cars passed by, point the guns at the cars and start firing off because of sparks from the gun and everything. Lucky for me, after a few times, I went home. But later on that evening, or maybe even the next day, I found out that my friends had been arrested and they went down to the police station. Uh, Now, had that same event happened somewhere else that's not a small family-friendly town like mine, or had the same event even happened in later years, who's to say that either one of us would have been dead or in jail? Yeah. So why are you saying that? And it may sound far-fetched, but I think you're doing a hell of a job. I think you should keep that up. Like, yeah. let him know, man. Do not play with stuff like that in times like this. No,
2: you can't. And and we've and I've been extreme. Like he went through a Star Wars phase, That's right. <laughs> That's right. and so he he spent his own money. And like all these Star Wars action figures, and some of them had guns like literally embedded in the hands, like they couldn't be taken off. I broke the hands off. The girl I, was like, I am not playing with you. Girl. I'm not playing with you. Ain't literally no broke guns, the hands off. Ain't, ain't his no guns in this house. Like, no. But when he was little, so he was like three. Yeah. And, and This is innate in boys. The gun thing is innate. Like I don't know what it is. Oh, we all. But you like come out knowing about. We do. Like I don't understand. And so he was three. He was building with Legos. He was making something that looked extremely gun-like, Gun-ish. so I stopped and gave him the mom look, like the "What are you doing?" And he looked up at me and he goes, "What? It's a glue gun." <laughs> I'm just like, "All right, you're just, going
0: you're to the, the craft, craft fair." <laughs> yes, sir. I know what you're doing. I Bob see you. Ross, I see the Bob Ross in yes Yes, <laughs> boy, Drew got that he Bob did Ross Bob hair
2: too. I knew when he was young Bob Bobby Bones that's amazing
0: that I was gonna miss that joke (laughs) now you about to say something about school go ahead get into your school bag
1: so I want you to double back on just the school topic in general okay because I do know that you sent your kids yeah to specific schools intentionally yes um, Kill a mic. And I know that something that Beard and I have been talking yeah. about, like in preparation for when Blake goes to school, like yeah. where are we going to send him? Yeah, because you know, Davidson County uh, doesn't have the best few and far between. Yes, that's and true. you know, it's like, do we put him somewhere where you know he we know he'll have a lot of common, a lot in common with right. the other students?
2: Yeah,
1: or do we pay for an education? Yeah. Um, mm. so that we make sure that he's learning everything that he can learn.
0: Can I stop y'all so, right here? <laughs> when she said pay for education, we passed by Father Ryan yesterday. My mom just was like, What is this school over there? and she looked it up and um, yep. I college, wanted to see how much tuition cost. $17,000. Yeah. Nah, mine
1: was free. Yeah, all right, yeah,
2: go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. yeah. So, mm-hmm. so that's, that's just an
1: ongoing <laughs> topic of conversation yeah. as we're preparing for, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, right. I mean, I guess we'll more so seriously be talking about that when he's like four, you know, solidifying wherever he's
2: going for kindergarten. Right.
1: But it's just a, you know, a conversation yeah. to be had.
2: Do so we put them- I did intentionally put them in public schools? That's dope. They are intentionally in she is at least yep. in one of the Lowest performing (laughs) public schools in Nashville. But we moved into the zone. So we actually lived out of the zone when they first started going to school, moved in the zone for them to be able to go to those schools. But I was really intentional about placing them somewhere. I wanted them to be in predominantly black schools. Now, because we are in East Nashville and things have changed and we have lived in the same zone, how old is Jaya? So we've lived there for twelve years. Okay, um, things have changed, and his, oh, yes, his ma'am. school. So he's still in middle school. Um, is I would, it's hard for me to say, but it's definitely, it might be like 50-50 now. When they first started going there, it was probably like, well, when Jaya started there, it was probably like 85% black. Oh, wow. But white flight is real. And so (laughs) by the end of middle school, today was actually lottery day. So by the end of middle school, parents are freaking out and pulling their kids out and sending them to other schools. What? Because they don't want to send them to, uh, like in my mind, they don't want to send them to a predominantly black high school.
0: White flight. White That's flight crazy. is
2: real and it exists now in 2020. So um her high school is still definitely predominantly black, even yeah. though we talked about how you end up in honors classes and you end up with all the white kids in the school. But all the white kids is 20 people.
0: Now speaking of, she's in this, like you said, public school mm-hmm. and they don't probably don't have as many resources. But right. to your daughter's credit, yeah. she didn't got acceptance yeah. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> got full rides to the HBCU yeah. that she wanted to go to.
2: GPA. Yeah, she's got a four point five GPA. She's graduating a year early. Come on now, speak yeah. on it. She's been she's she's done really well, and I think that if you are going to choose to put your children in certain schools, you have to be prepared to be an at. Ad- Really, probably where every send kids to school, but you have to be prepared to be an advocate for them. So she in like seventh grade, her teachers were literally like, She's testing so far off that there's nothing that we have for her. Mm-hmm. Like we can't really do anything to help her. Um, so we were able to do something called virtual school, where she still went to her middle school. But she spent like three hours a day in the library working on her own at her own pace. So she was able to just go. She just ran with it. So by the time she was in high school, she had a full year of high school credits. So there are ways. Like there are ways for you to place your kids in public school. Right. Maybe not the best, like, yeah. Everybody, you (laughs) know, I don't know. We've had an amazing experience. We have had issues. Oh, yeah, for for sure. sure, But we've had a really good experience.
0: But I want to give you um, credit too, because she went to those schools, but you still had to have some sort of impact on her in order to be able to navigate and get those type of grades. Um, To that point, I went to a public school. India went to a public school And we yeah. both turned out I, I ain't paying yes. 17000 My sister yeah. went to a public school no. She's in the Ivy League She went to Ivy League college She's yeah. a cancer research
2: doctor That's amazing
0: We turned out fine yeah. So that's what I'm saying I feel like it has a lot to do with the parenting And yeah. also how much help you get in and out of school Because yeah. like you said They came to you yes. And they told you that yeah. hey yeah, she's out here.
2: Yeah, she. They were just like we literally. There's baby nothing genius. we can do. Yeah, What's Jimmy funny Neutron. Is he, <laughs> she is a baby genius. <laughs> I
0: <can't>. Boss baby.
2: <laughs> and, and we've had we've had some great we've had some amazing. They've really had some great teachers. Yeah. And like even he had a teacher who called me a couple weeks ago. Sweet teacher, I'm really thankful for his team of teachers this year. It's all well. There's four teachers. Three of them are black women. Okay. And I'm so thankful for that because they've not had very many black teachers. Mm. This might be the first. No, he had, he had a black teacher in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And then this year he has three black teachers. Those That's it. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm so thankful. They've been really amazing. But one of them called me. And she said, "Um, You know, I just was thinking that Andre told me where you're going to send him to high school. And, (laughs) uh, you know, I just think that he would maybe do really well if you sent him somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Listen, I'm
2: looking out. Let me tell you about my daughter.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Because
2: those schools, those schools, Get a really bad rap. They do. There are some amazing kids coming out of some of those schools. And are the schools under-resourced? Yes. Sure. Like, are there things that happen that you maybe wouldn't want your kids exposed to? Yes. That's every school. That's it's everywhere every now. going to say, that's every that's no, from, every single from school. From public to private. Yes. I feel like they are safe. Yeah. Like stories will come out in the news and people will text me and be like, did you see this? And I'm like, I'm not worried about, like, I feel like they're safe. I feel like they, because of the schools that, that they have been placed in, have grown a deeper appreciation for themselves. I feel like um, a deeper love of self, a deeper love of people that look like them. Jaya, at this point, wants to be a defense attorney, probably mm. a juvenile defense attorney. And I know like- Had I placed her in a predominantly white school or had I placed her in a private school, she would not have witnessed the things in her education that she's witnessed that has made her decide, this is how I want to spend my life. Yep. And so, you know, if for no other reason, that was worth it.
0: And we need those type of people. We need our people to stand up for us in those situations. So that's so good. Now. But that being said, I kind of harken back on something I joked about a minute ago, too. Like, when Killer Mike and DJ Envy, when they were going back and forth about yeah. public versus private school, yeah. I saw both sides mm-hmm. of the coin. Sure. I know for a fact that while I mentioned my sister and myself and my friend, like, Chandra and a few more people who I know went on to great things yeah. after leaving public school. Um, if India and I were talking, like, if we had the opportunity, would we still send Blake to a private school? Yeah. And I just don't know. And it's not that I don't want to because I do feel like the more of us we have advocating for us, then we can turn those schools around. Like good parents um, who are investing in their kids and putting the money into the school can start to invest in those um, programs and kind of uplift those programs to where the other ones may be. And I think that's the type of initiative that it takes. Don't have white flight or, right. um, think of a black backpack. Pack <laughs> up and leave. Uh,
2: black backpack.
0: You got to have some sustainability.
1: But a, a, a big part of that is parent involvement. So right. you you mentioned your sister and your, or you and your sister. But yes. let's think about your village too. So, we're, we're talking about your mom and your grandmother who are both school teachers yeah. and were very involved in your education. Granddad so granddad re- t- And your grandfather. Mm. So, regardless of <laughs> where, even, I mean, Granny, you're from a small town, so... You went to the schools that your family members taught in. Sure. Had that not been the case, I still feel like you guys would still be in the same place where you are now because of how involved your your families are or were in your education. Same with you. Yeah. Yeah. And how involved you are? Yeah,
2: you're you're probably at your kid's school all the time, right? Yeah, things. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I definitely used to be. Okay. What's interesting is I spend a lot more time now at a different high school. Okay. <laughs> it's just the way that things played out. You like, are a community advocate. Before Jaya went to high school, I got super involved at another high school. And so that's just like, that's just how things happen. But I have spent a lot of time in their schools. Okay. And I think a lot of it is to like, I have had the privilege as a single mother of being able to work jobs that have a flexible schedule. And that Mm -hmm. is not the case for most single mothers. And I am every single day when I, when I am the one who picks them up or when I am the one that drops them off. I literally think there are single moms that like are still at work and they don't have the flexibility that I have. And so I have been awarded a privilege that a lot of women and a lot of even co-parents like do not have. sure. And so I I do think a lot of it is that like I put my eyes on you every morning and you are getting my car every day when I pick you up. And like that's – it's a huge part of it yeah Yeah.
0: that's that's big you're not going
2: home and being by yourself like there's not really space or time for you to get in trouble
0: i'm here i'm involved like a leech i'm in your ass
2: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and so i think that's another reason
1: why you know so many black students have problems in schools yeah because they don't have that support that you know other students typically have their parents don't have flexible jobs a lot of I guess because I did go to school with a lot of, of lower income families. Yep. A lot of those kids, if their parents left work, it was a risk of them being yes, fired.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And that's why a lot of kids had a hard time at home yeah. once they got in trouble at school because I've heard so many black moms say, I can't believe you made me leave work.
2: Yeah, to this, come for this, to yeah. come for this, or whatever. Like you, you're you right. have me because also you're out talking about money. you're getting paid by the hour. Exactly. exactly. So you miss two hours of work. That's a bill that just didn't get paid. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. You're right. Exactly. So you know, in general, it, it's a lot harder
1: for Black students to succeed.
2: And yeah, I think the other thing that is probably true is that because the education system in this country is so, you guys know that I believe that the entire thing is a system.
0: Yes, ma'am. From
2: education to government programs to the judicial system to the prison system, that it's all a system that all works together to keep black people from advancing. Keep their
0: foot on the neck.
2: That's right. So I believe that. I do too. With 100% who I am, that that is true. And so I also think that a lot of black parents had did not have good experiences in their education, yep. and so when you had a bad time at school, when you when school was a place that you got in trouble, when school was a place that you were shamed, when school was a place that you were told that you would never become anything, mm-hmm. you don't want to go to school. You yeah. don't, You don't, <laughs> like, yeah, you don't want to go up in a school and meet with your kid's principal. You don't, I got into it with another PTO mom one time. I stopped being in the PTO after this. But I like it was an it was a white woman and she made a comment. She didn't directly say, but I knew what she was saying. That part of the problem was that there was not enough black parents that showed up. And I was like, do you know the experience that yep. these black parents had when they were in school? They don't feel safe here. Mm-hmm. They don't feel comfortable here. Their kids are not safe here. Their kids are not comfortable here. Of course they don't want to come up here. Yeah. Like
0: and you're going to do them. And now we're having I this conversation. Yeah, so it's yeah. not- they don't
2: want to sit in a room with you. Exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, the teachers in the schools. Yeah. And how the white teachers basically pick on the black
2: kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You and know and I do have to say, like... That is true regardless of whether you are placing your kids in a predominantly black school or not. Mm. Like, that's not—that doesn't go away. Yeah. (laughs) And and again, they've had some incredible teachers. But the fact is, is that a lot of those teachers, particularly young white teachers, are coming in and implicit bias is just woven into who you are.
0: Implicit bias. Yes.
2: You are not— those things are not undone when you're getting your bachelor's degree in education yeah. nope. and you bring those with you in the classroom. They're not aware of culture. Like I've seen kids get in trouble for things that are culture things. Yeah, Like, you know, that child wasn't being disrespectful to you. They grew up in a culture where that is not disrespectful. And now you're coming into school and you're getting in trouble for this thing that, you know, so I don't know. I'm something.
0: glad you mentioned yeah. the implicit bias. Cause I, we talked about this last time. I got to go into it again. Now, a lot of people don't know that they have implicit biases because they grow yeah. up, they go to school with it, they graduate school with yeah. it, then they go on to get jobs with it. Now, it was last week that I brought this product to my job. Ooh. And when I bought the product to my job, my my bosses, now listen, let me say this, I don't think they're racist at all. I think they're two great people. But they, one of, I don't know which one, one of them mentioned that, oh my God, I can't believe how professional this video looks. (sighs) Like with that being said, I don't know what they thought. They thought I had the homeboy hook up and I was going to shoot the video on the iPhone XS. I said 11. I'm going to say XS and then bring (laughs) it to them and have the video looking all crazy. But because the video looked So professionally done By a black man It was a black man who did it They were almost shocked By the quality of video That they received And like I mentioned They're not racist I know they're not But it's the bias that they have The preconceived notion That because It was coming from this person It wasn't going to be as good And have as high quality Or meet the standards That they would like And it did Knock them off the feet So shout out to the homie
2: (laughs) we do.
0: Black is
1: back. <laughs> that, but, I mean, that, ha- that happens a lot in corporate spaces, and yeah. it, it just used to drive me in- insane. Like, you you hear that, oh, I I, I can't believe that, you know, that happened yeah. or, you know, and you know that it's just because the comment was just because that person was black.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that we talked about last week, too, is that, back to the school thing, is that if you are placing a black son in school. That it, it, it is so important that you are involved and that you know what is going on. Um, because, again, the way the education system is set up, it's really set up to... It's, it's, it fails black boys the most. Oh, it's yeah. my so, favorite
1: topic. So
0: I can't wait to get into said it. You
1: fail black boys the most. There was a story that you told us last week um, about... Andre, yeah. And him being in school. Yeah. And it was something with his classes.
2: It, yeah. So when you're talking about the reading thing. Yes. 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 So. Oh, yeah. And drop uh, us those statistics. Oh, yeah. I'll drop you the statistics. So 80% of students in special education. Now, re- we don't really use the term special education anymore, but I think that that's like the what most are you common say? term. Um, I don't know what we call it. Okay. But I think that that's like a played out term, but I feel like everybody knows what that is. So, okay. 80% in America of students in special education are black and Hispanic boys. Mm. So, by 2nd grade, yes. like 2nd grade is when most black boys are pushed into special education. Now, second grade across the board Mm -hmm. is where boys, black boys, white boys, Asian boys, all the boys, (laughs) start to fall behind in certain areas. Yes, ma'am. So reading particularly is one of those things. Mm, So it happened with Andre. And and I will also tell you, it happened to my father. It happened to my brother. We're both white men, right? So in second grade, Andre had a teacher who was, An incredible woman and she was a reading specialist and she called me and she said, hey, I just wanted to let you know Andre's reading is slipping up. Like all of a sudden out of nowhere, he's just like is not keeping up. And she said, I think that I can just like work with him a little bit, do this, do that. I think he'll catch up. I think it's probably not a big deal and it's fine. And I was like, cool, let's do it. We'll do whatever I need to do with him at home. Great. Sure enough, within a few months, he was good to go. Now he's in, Yeah. Now he's in like in advanced reading and he's reading way above his grade level. And it's never been an issue since then. Now, the truth is, is that had he had any other teacher... What very likely would have happened is he he would have just been placed in a special education class. Mm. They would have said, he's having a hard time reading. Um, now, I probably would have done as much as I could outside of the classroom For to sure. try to catch him up. But again, not every parent has the ability to do that. Not every parent has the means to do that. Not every parent has the time. Not every parent even can know how to navigate the system to try to figure out how. Yep. So had this teacher not done that, and I've seen it happen to countless other boys. Oh, for sure. Is that he would have eventually just fallen so far behind that catching up would have been almost impossible. He probably would have ended up in some kind of special education class. And that's not where he needs to be.
0: No, nope. He probably wouldn't even need this special education class no, at, at all. all.
2: No, he didn't need it at exactly. all. Exactly. And so, you know, I think when you're placing a black boy in school, it's important to know that there is a target on his back.
0: Yes, ma'am.
2: Um, you know, I think one thing, I think we. I said this last week later on, I said, I wish that black men knew all that they like have overcome to get to wherever they are. Yeah. Because I don't think a lot of people know. No. Like, I don't think, you know, that, that they know that 80% of kids in special education well, or no, black because boys. Uh, like you my
1: brother had, I was going to say my brother, um, and he's just a year under me, uh-huh. and he has such a hard time in school. And yeah. boys are just busy, right? Yes. They're just busy. Mm-hmm. So they are very, very active. Yeah. And I think they naturally have a harder time just sitting in class, especially yeah. with the way that the
2: information being taught is presented to them. A lot oh, of yeah. times it just doesn't
1: resonate well, yeah. with them. And especially when we're and talking so- about reading,
2: how you've got kids reading books, that are irrelevant to their life. They mean nothing to them. Right. And, yeah. Gotta and read ton of eating, eating, um, <laughs> Between like the world were,
0: and me.
1: There were multiple teachers that tried to, you know, pre-diagnose my brother with ADD or yeah. ADHD. Yep. Yeah. And my mom just refused. Yes. She was like, he's not... Because he, once you start, you know, medicine for that... Yes.
0: It's in you. I think the yeah. medicine kind of messes you up even you more. It, exactly. it changes who you are. It yeah. does. And yeah. so
1: she, she refused to put him yeah. on it. So, I mean, as parents, you you have to be a strong advocate you do. <laughs> for your kids. Yeah. So
0: I mentioned this to India in the car last week, a week before last. I forgot when it was now. But we were driving, and I looked at India, and I said, the most important thing yeah. that Blake can learn is how to read yeah. out loud yeah. in front of people. Sure. I laughed and I mentioned like he needs to read cue cards, yeah. public speaking and all that. But that's true. Yeah. Nobody wants to be the guy in class when it's turn when it's your turn to read, yeah. counting down the paragraphs until it gets to you. It sounds funny, but it happens. And you shouldn't be able to live that way. You shouldn't have, I'm sorry, to live that way. Because if you're trained and if you have, to Liz's point, if you have the parents in your life who have the time to help you out with those reading skills, they should should invest that time. The same amount of energy that we invest in, basketball practice, baseball practice, all these other type of practices We should also invest that same time into education.
1: I remember so many black boys in high school. Yeah. And, you know, being called on to read things in class, and they struggled. Yeah. And because kids are so cruel, everybody joked, right? Oh, you can't read? You know, but it really does affect your mental. And, you know, then... These boys start to believe that they aren't smart, and yeah. I think that there's why that's why there's so many black boys that, granted, people are actually saying this to them. You know, there are teachers telling them that they'll never amount to anything. Yes, but they start to really mm-hmm. believe it. Yeah. And it is. It's like a full circle. It's right. because they're they're getting it from all ends. They're getting it from the teachers. They're getting made fun of from the By
0: students. Their
2: peers. Yeah. And it's it's a never ending cycle.
0: Yeah. Those stats are eye opening. I didn't know that until you mentioned it's it. It's crazy.
2: I, I think I mentioned last week. There's a book called "Countering the Conspiracy to Destroy Black Boys." There it is. And I remember reading it. It's an it's a very old book. Yep. So some of it probably needs to be updated. But like the core of what it is is very true. And it, it's extremely thin. You can read it in a sitting. It's fascinating. But it will really show you what happens to a black boy in like kind of over the course of his education mm. um and how the system is really set up Say it again for them to fail countering the conspiracy to destroy black boys.
0: I'm looking it up and yeah. I'm reading it's it. It's a tomorrow. really great
2: book. It really it's it's really it's a really good book. But I remember reading it and being like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then getting deeper into not only the kids' schools but other schools and realizing it's not crazy, it's like for real. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: So have either of your kids ever said anything to you that i guess altered the way that
2: you parent them i'm trying to think if there's anything that they've ever said specifically what's <laughs> funny is especially jaya is very if there was an issue she would tell like if there was an issue, she would let She let, let you, know. you know. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. If, if I was doing something wrong or if I have a blind spot, Oh. like, and I have some amazing friends in my life who also could throw out blind spots, you know, Let's point know. out blind spots to me, but she would be the first to be like, it's funny because sometimes they will be talking about white people and they'll be going and going and then they'll stop and go, but not you. <laughs> and then, but one, one day, Andre got in the car, something really serious was going on at school. And he was—he just got in the car after school, and he just went off. And he looked at me, and he goes, "And you know what? You too. <laughs> like, okay, you get it too. You get me yeah. smoke, mom." Yeah, I will say one thing is one thing that I've always that they know is that I do have some friends around me who like are very close friends who I love and trust. Um, that the kids know that they have access to. Okay. So if there is something going on for you that mm-hmm. is stemming from the fact that you are a black girl or a black boy and you don't feel comfortable talking to me because I know that there are things that I'm never – I can read all the books that I want to read and listen to all the people speak that I want. to sure. But I will never know. So if there are things that come up, they know that they have people that they have access to with no questions from me that they can go and talk to. But Jaya did – when she was a freshman in high school, she did. She was doing like a poetry slam thing. And I went to watch her and she had written a poem about how hard it was for her that the person that she was the closest to in her life would never understand some of like the deepest struggles in her heart, some of the things that she thinks about the most, some of the things that she's most concerned about. So I think like those are things that you don't maybe think about so much when you are, you know, twenty and yeah. pregnant with, you know, <laughs> your biracial baby. I mean, you had and Liz, I here twenty and pregnant. You could have been the first teen mom making a day. You
0: could have. I'll be knocking on the door. Nineteen year old.
2: Nineteen. I mean, I think I was like, I, I was definitely aware of racism. I okay. knew that racism was real, and but I did not know the depths of how bad things were yeah. in this country. And I'm thankful for the kids because I feel like because of them, I cannot stick my head in the sand. I would love to believe that if they didn't exist, that I still wouldn't. Yeah. But. Because of them, like, I can't stick my head in the sand. I can't ignore things. I have to watch things I don't want to watch. I have to read things that I don't want to read. I have to be involved. Like, I can't just do nothing.
0: You mentioned something last week, too, that I got to go ahead and harken back to. I guess my favorite word, harken. harken. <laughs> I have to harken back to this week. Um, you mentioned that... Through your kids, you are a vessel working through them because Mm. they are able to navigate in communities that you Mm. can't.
2: Yeah. And it was deep. I think, like, that is one of the most beautiful things for me. Mm -hmm. Again, when I was driving home, I was thinking about, like, this stuff really started for me in second grade. Yeah. Like, like a a draw to certain people, recognizing that things were not okay. Um, And it just continued from, you know, getting cable and so on and so forth. (laughs) But. I am so thankful for the kids because, yes, they can impact communities in a much deeper way. Communities that I care about and that I love and I'm so thankful for, they can impact them way more than I ever could because of what they look like. So Mm -hmm. they can go into places where I could go and people aren't going to trust me for good reason, but like they can go into those places and they can have a greater impact. And so to me, I think like that has been the most beautiful thing about being able to mother them and witness their lives is that I will get to witness and watch them make an impact in places that I can go in and like do Christmas presents or have a baby shower or do whatever. It's it's you know, but like they can, they can do bigger things. And that is like, it's really, that makes me really happy.
0: We well, you know what, Liz? Yeah. You make us really happy. Raising <laughs> these brilliant kids. You've Give it up great. one time yeah. for Liz.
1: I think what I admire most is your openness, especially with your kids, and yeah. how they're able to be so open with you. Yeah. Because a lot of kids feel like they can't talk to their parents, and they just shut down, no matter what the issue is. Yeah. And, I mean, race is a pretty big topic. And yeah. so for them to be able to openly express those feelings with you, You've done a great job. Yeah. (laughs) It's been really fun. We're going
0: to give you like one of the mother of a year awards. (laughs) And hey, you kicked this shit out the right way, man. It is women's appreciation. Women's appreciation. What am I trying to say? Help me out. Women's history month. History month. (laughs) But I appreciate women every day because you know what? I do a podcast with a brilliant woman named India Marie. Uh, <laughs> That's such a joke, Liz. I'm not gonna hold you up. Tell the okay. people where they can find you. Uh,
2: in well, purgatory. as we've discussed, it is yep. a private account. But uh, eLizzyLiz underscore on Instagram. There she is. If you try it's to two hundred and twenty-five people in the queue. So
1: two twenty-five.
2: You know, I'm following. I ain't
1: with in the, queue. the other two twenty-five. <laughs> I'm there already. She's there. Yes, ma'am And
0: Liz, um, are you single? Yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot no, to ask no, that No, it's fine, we can talk
2: It's
0: fine No, gets good, I'm just no, going to leave it there no. So, yeah. yeah, if you want to be that 225, you better slide in there <laughs> India, tell oh the gosh. people where they can find you
1: India.Marie on Instagram And she
0: raised her kids well
1: So, I'm sorry,
0: I'm talking about Liz, not you <laughs> She's doing a
2: good job too
0: <laughs> She alright <laughs> You
2: better give me more credit Girl, you get all the it.
0: credit, I just gave you all the credit, Big Mama Drama Come on now, Llama Llama Tell the people where they can find you
1: Marie on instagram shopping the boutique y'all know where to find me and you
0: can find me at blove love 1911 on all social platforms also be sure to follow she and i podcast and leave us a message at she and i podcast at gmail.com we love to hear from you rate like subscribe and review the podcast Give us five of them Five stars that is We will continue to have amazing guests Like Liz on All damn money All damn year If we need to <laughs> But Thank you guys for tuning in We have to let Gratitude be our attitude And stay tuned for next week It's been real It's been fun She She, she I, I I, Out Out, out, out.